Welcome to the Carbs Corner Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Carboni. It's the magnificent month of May, the business end of the season, specifically the European leagues, with many pulsating and season-defining matches to come. In this episode, I will discuss some Aussies abroad and their awards, Man United return to Perth, the Champions League and Europa League in their final stages, the top five European leagues, and of course, a summary of Perth Glory's season. Firstly, as we know, the women's game is rising in leaps and bounds across the globe. And it's our own Perth girl, Sam Kerr, and congratulations to her on winning the Football Writers Association Women's Footballer of the Year and the London Football Awards FA Women's Super League Player of the Year this season. A remarkable career thus far for the 28-year-old. From a junior player with Western Knights, she's developed as one of the best strikers and players in the world to date. And her coach at Chelsea, Emma Hayes, rates her so, so highly. Of course, we know she's the Matildas captain. She's got a, a record 109 caps for the Matildas. And she's scored 57 goals thus far in her international career. And also has absolutely starred for Chelsea in the English FA Women's Super League where she currently is playing. And good news is she's extended her contract to 2024. And she finished the 2021 season as a top scorer with 28 goals in all competitions. And also with Chelsea, she has tasted a lot of success thus far in a short career in the FA Women's Super League. Again, she's won the Community Shield, the FA Cup, the FAWSL title and a golden boot for the leading goal scorer. And excitedly this weekend, there's one game to go in the league. Chelsea are one point above Arsenal, who've had their own Matildas in Caitlin Ford, Lydia the goalkeeper, and also other Aussies. So the final game, they played the fourth place Manchester United looking to win another title. So victory over them tonight will ensure that they win another title. Emma Hayes has done a tremendous job through adversity this season. hasn't been all their way, but in terms of their performance, they've won ugly, so to speak, and they're top of the table, one point ahead. And Arsenal face sixth place West Ham. So if Chelsea do win, they will retain the title. If not... Somehow they fall at the last hurdle and Arsenal beat West Ham. It could be Arsenal and Caitlin Ford celebrating their title. So all good for the FA WSL League, one of the best in the world and attracting a lot of Aussies. Kaya Simon at Tottenham and also Manchester City has an array of stars for the Matilda. So great for the women's game. And one thing that's etched in my mind and impact that Sam Kerr has had on the women's game globally is when you watch Chelsea and you see the families in the crowd and you see the mum, the dad, the brother and sister all wearing a Chelsea shirt and on the back is Kerr with a number 20 and that just goes to show the impact that she's had on the fans. So well done Sam Kerr, very proud of our own Perth girl, she's come a long way and may it continue. This season remarkably another 18 goals in 19 games, truly remarkable and they also play Manchester City in the FA Cup final, which you can see live on Optum Sport on May the 15th. So well done to Sam Kerr. 
In terms of the coaching ranks, one man that transformed Australian football at national level, our own Ange Postacoglu. You'll remember that the 2015 Asian Cup final winning scenario was truly remarkable. He lifted the Aussies, uh, unfortunately, under controversial circumstances, which probably the true story hasn't come out as yet in 2018 and wasn't part of the finals campaign, which I think was detrimental probably to the Socceroos not getting out of that group. Had we had him as coach, things could have been differently, worked out different, but that's the way football is. But congratulations to Ange, the manager of Celtic, on the cusp of winning the Scottish Premier League, an astonishing performance for his first season in the Scottish Premier League. And he's won the PFA Scotland Manager of the Year this season. So well done to Ange. He's put the Australian coaching abilities, if you like, on the map. And uh, before he went to Celtic, a lot of the media were saying, Ange who? Well, they obviously know who he is now. He's a fan favourite with the fans and the media alike there over in Scotland. And he's also won uh, the Scottish Premier League Manager of the Month in October last year in 2021 and also January, February, March and April of this year. So what an effort that was. So considering that Rangers were the champions last season and Celtic had won the previous nine seasons consecutively, to this year, no one saw this coming. So what an effort by him. And also Tom Rogic, who I think has, his career has been under under question before Postacolga got there, but it just reignited the flame for him. And Tommy's playing so, so well for Celtic. And he's been named in the 11, best 11 actually, for the PFA Scotland Team of the Year, so for the Scottish Premier. So a great reward there for Tommy. So hopefully he's fit We'll need him fit for the Socceroos do or die last couple of World Cup qualifying elimination games in June. Not too far away now in about three or four weeks' time. So he's only had one national team appearance this year. So hopefully he's fit and ready to go for the Socceroos as we'll obviously need him in that midfield to try and qualify for our fifth consecutive World Cup finals. That will be tremendous to see. On some local news just recently... It was great to see that the state government announced that Manchester United returning to WA to play at the Optus Stadium in the inaugural Perth International Festival of Football. They'll be there, United, uh, with their many fans, as we know how popular they are globally, and also here in Perth. And under incoming manager Eric Ten Hag, who's signed a new deal, uh, see how the Dutchman does uh, go with this. He'll be joined by Fellow Premier League teams as well with Aston Villa, Crystal Palace and Leeds United. Big managers arriving as well with Steven Gerrard and Patrick Vieira. Now they've started very well in their coaching careers. Vieira's done ever so well with Palace this season. And Steven Gerrard with the achievement at Rangers last season with the Scottish Premier League title. And also he's done so well at Aston Villa so far. True, true Premier League Hall of Fame legends in their playing days. And I'll tell you what, the way their managerial career is, is progressing, no doubt they'll be there, thereabouts in years to come. So the fixtures are as follows, that Palace will face Leeds on Friday the 22nd of July and Manchester United, which is already a sellout people, take on Villa on Saturday 23rd of July and that man Cristiano Ronaldo, the freak of world football, arguably the best player I've seen in my time, will be here. So all four are saying that they'll bring their strongest squads and so we'll see some international quality footballers 
live here at, at a world-class stadium in Optus. So get along. I know that, the, uh, as I said, the Manchester United game sold out, and no doubt Palace and Villa will follow. It promises to be a huge, huge event here in Perth. And uh, for those that remember, I was there as well. Man United and Leeds both toured in uh, WA in 2019. And that, that time, Manchester United beat the Perth Glory 1-0 uh, under the managerial guidance of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. That, that name's just about forgotten amongst uh, players and uh, fans alike of United, but what a player he was. And then they defeated uh, the championship side then, Leeds, 4-0 in the other game. Now over to the Champions League. Well, it's now about to be the final. What a club competition this is. Arguably the best club football competition in the world. We have two greats of the game where they'll meet Liverpool versus Real Madrid. So it's Hala Madrid against you will never walk alone Liverpool. But I'm sure this is going to be a mouth-watering contest to be played on the Saturday the 28th of May at the Stade de France in Paris. Liverpool advanced in the semi-finals, you recall, with a 5-2 aggregate win over Villarreal. A great victory there for Jurgen Klopp's men. After a 2-0 first leg win, they were 2-0 down in Spain in the, in the second half, scored three goals to advance 3-2 on that night in terms of victory, but 5-2 on aggregate, a tremendous feat. And Real Madrid... Remarkably, 6-5 aggregate winners over Manchester City after they were losing 4-3 from the first game in Manchester. They came back and Benzema was the danger man. He turned it around and it was a stunning six minutes of football in that second leg. They produced three goals to win and advance to the final. And Pep Guardiola must be scratching his head, wondering, is he ever going to win the Champions League with Manchester City? having lost the final to Chelsea last season and going ever so close but falling short at the last second last hurdle there. And even Mo Salah, in terms of the Liverpool versus Real Madrid final, has said, he's come out and said, this is a revenge game for us because we want to reverse that 2018 final defeat. You recall where the goalkeeper at that time Made some horrendous mistakes. Salah went down with a shoulder injury, courtesy of Ramos, the captain then of Real Madrid. And uh, Liverpool, as you know, won the last uh, Champions League in 2019, defeating fellow Premier League side 2 0 at Tottenham, Tottenham Hotspur. And just for those statisticians out there, the most final appearances in the UEFA Champions League, Real Madrid have eight, with Liverpool on five. So. Two magnificent managers in Ancelotti and Klopp. They go head-to-head. -head. Who's going to be and have the upper hand in this victory? But we'll preview this match closer to the date, but just a mouth-watering tie. And the most wins in the Champions League era, Real Madrid have seven and Liverpool have two. And probably the most famous, you'll recall, those Scouser fans, when in 2005, Milan were... 3-0 up at half-time, and then Steven Gerrard inspired his team to 3-3 by full-time and Liverpool winning on penalties, a truly remarkable final and one that will long live in the memory of world football fans. Now over to the Europa League. 
where the final has been determined in terms of the Rangers versus Eintracht Frankfurt, and that will be played in Sevilla, Spain on the 18th of May, not long now. And Rangers came from behind uh, after losing 1-0 on their first match, and they eliminated RP Leipzig of the Bundesliga, 3-2 on aggregate over the two games, after winning 3-1 at Ibrox the other evening. And unfortunately for my team, West Ham, they bowed out to Eintracht Frankfurt, eliminated 3-1 on aggregate, and going back to Rangers, what a job uh, Giovanni Van Bronckhurst has done. Tremendous job since he's come back into the fold as a former Rangers player, but taken over from Steven Gerrard, and, and they're probably going to finish second in the Scottish Premier League this season, so well done to them. Uh, but in terms of West Ham, really didn't get going. I felt the first leg in London when they went down 1-0 on an early goal uh, in the first couple of minutes, they really were chasing their tails over the two legs, and it didn't help the other night when Creswell was sent off in about the 19th minute. So West Ham had to play for the next 75 with 10 men, but uh, had some chances with Antonio and Socek, but in the end they probably weren't sharp enough and good enough to win that. So disappointing as uh, the Moisire, as uh, the West Ham fans call him. David Moyes has done an absolutely tremendous job. But he was sent off uh, for a touchline outburst in that game and uh, merely the frustration was telling as a ball boy kicked the ball softly into his uh, into Moyes and then he just reacted and booted it away. So heat of the moment, the pressure got to him and he came back after the game to say he regrets that action. But uh, it is what it is and West Ham have three more Premier League games now to try and cement a, a place at least in Europa Conference League and also, if if they can, with other results going their way, maybe secure a sixth spot there. So we'll see what happens in the next few weeks. could be quite exciting in terms of the Premier League. And Declan Rice, uh, the captain of West Ham, just sort of said that uh, he's gutted, but he's proud of the team and proud of the fans. And they need to get maximum points in their last three Premier League games. And they want to be back in this arena. And he says that they, a club like West Ham emerging now deserves that. And uh, we'll see what happens there. But um, for next season's Europa League. And the other interesting thing is, will Declan Rice be at the club? There's uh, many a suitor after him at the moment. I know West Ham have put a price of about 150 million euros on his head uh, whether that comes in you can understand if the price is right uh, West Ham will maybe sell him but I'll be disappointed if he does go but we'll see what happens in the off season but interestingly enough from a Socceroo perspective uh, Agent Rustic came off the bench uh, to do his part for Frankfurt in that game and late in the match and and he now becomes the first Socceroo to reach a European final since Mark Swartzer did it with Fulham in 2010 if you can recall that Over now to the top five European leagues. Well, in the German Bundesliga, Bayern Munich have sealed their 10th consecutive league title, a remarkable feat, and they are the first team in Europe's top five leagues to win 10 consecutive league titles. So just think about that. The top five European leagues of uh, the German Bundesliga, Ligue 1, Serie A, La Liga and Premier League, some quality leagues there. Um, they're the first team to win... 10 consecutive league titles. Congratulations to Bayern Munich on their performance. And going across to France in the Ligue 1, uh, Paris Saint-Germain, they sealed their 10th league title. Now Messi has another title, as well as the ones he's won in Spain, one in France, and he enjoys that with Mbappe and Neymar and a star-studded lineup with Donnarumma in goals. And congratulations to 
Maurizio Pochettino, the first domestic league triumph for him. Over in the Serie A, um, at the moment, we have the Milanese clubs uh, heading up that table with Inter Milan in first spot with two games to play on 78 points, just one point ahead of their neighbours, AC Milan. So from a historical point of view, this is going to go down to the wire here in Serie A, I feel. So by the 22nd of May, we'll know the outcome. But historically, they've been very, very close in terms of the Scudetti that they've won. Uh, Inter with 19, AC Milan with 18, and third place, Napoli on 73 points. Well, if things go well, a very minimal chance to win the, the title, having won two previously under, thanks to Maradona in the 86, 87, 88, 89, 90 season. Um, but... I'm sure Stefano Pioli of AC Milan will have something to do with trying to stop Simone Inzaghi and his team winning that. So it'll be interesting to see. I think I just got the feeling with Milan, a game in hand, they could have the upper hand if they win all their games. They'll probably claim, which will be their 19th equaling Scudetto along with Inter. So interesting to see there that um, the Italian race is going down to the wire. And I think the Serie A, has got back some credibility in terms of the overall quality of the league and it's certainly improved over the last few seasons. But interestingly, um, speaking of Maradona, it was remarkable during the week that uh, his shirt that he swapped with Steve Hodge in that 86 quarterfinal win over England where there was the most famous two goals you ever hear about in world football, the hand of God and probably the best goal ever where Maradona ran from his own half and made the England players look like witch hats in training. It was a remarkable run. He put one behind Shilton, 2-1, and Steve Hodge was lucky enough to swap that shirt, and now it's been sold for a staggering 7 million euros and brought by Sotheby's, which will be uh, displayed. So unbelievable how the late and great Maradona shirt has sold for 7 million euros there. Along with La Liga, we go across there. Real Madrid, uh, under a top, top manager in Carlo Ancelotti's remarkable um, feat there. 35th La Liga title for Real Madrid with four games to play. 12 points ahead of uh, Barcelona. Barcelona have played one more game. So congratulations to Real Madrid, their 35th La Liga title, as I've said. But Carlo Ancelotti is a manager. I know a lot's been spoken about Jurgen Klopp and also um, the Manchester City and Pep Guardiola. But this man, Carlo Ancelotti, to me, is one of the best. He's the only um, manager in world football to win a title in, in all five of European top leagues. So that's a remarkable feat. He won with uh, Milan in Serie A in the 03-04 season. Of course, uh, under the Premier League with Chelsea in the 2009-10 season. And he went across to PSG and won the Ligue 1 title in the 2012-13 season. And if you like, just for something different, Bayern Munich, he won the Bundesliga in the 2016-17 season. So what a manager he has been. And I know you need the squad, but he's got excellent, obviously excellent man management skills. Um, you need to manage the big personalities. No doubt all these teams I've mentioned he's won titles with have had in the past. So congratulations to Carlo Ancelotti. And he's looking maybe to win another Champions League. Wouldn't that be a tremendous achievement? But I'm sure Jurgen Klopp's going to have a lot to say about that. What an intriguing match that'll be in a couple of weeks' time. Back on the local scene now with Perth Glory. Well, 
It's been one of those seasons, hasn't it, this year? So um, they ended their dismal Azuzu Ute A-League season on a high last Wednesday night. It was uh, Callum Timmons who scored a brace and they beat leaders at the time, Melbourne City, and champions at the moment. Uh, 2-0 remarkably, but as a result this weekend, Melbourne's victory take top spot with their 2-0 victory over Sydney uh, FC. But... Glory, you know, they finished bottom on 18 points with four wins, six draws and 16 losses. It was a season's doom, really, from the start. I mean, they were away for three months with COVID and the fixturing at home was on Wednesday nights. You know, it wasn't conducive to probably the public appearance. um, And they just had injuries to the more experienced players. But on the flip side... um, you know, they, they gave some youngsters some, some good game time. And my opinion going forward, we look need to look at this positively. They need to appoint a, a coach as soon as possible and start planning as soon as they can. I mean, questions I have, will Zadkovic and Coyne be at the helm? I mean, say bye-bye to Sturridge, I think, at the moment. I mean, that was uh, one of those signings, I know, in hindsight, but we'll cover that in a moment. Um, that really didn't work out. I mean, they need to re-sign, I think, the existing WA talent that they feel can go on uh, long term and with long term contracts, and let's build a culture for the future of this game. And and you know, there's no relegation here in the A League, so let's let's build a team and let's identify the WA players and let's hopefully get some public back to support the glory because we need to be them to be at the forefront of WA sport, of which arguably they once were in the late 90s and early 2000s. And you know some record-breaking crowds, the forty thousand, the Wollongong game where they fortunately lost under Burn Stanger three 0 up, and losing on penalties where Wollongong came back three three. You know just a quick memory there. There's been some remarkable games over the journey and some remarkable players that they've had. So hopefully we can get back where we, you know, I think Perth Glory belong at the upper echelon of the Isuzu A League. I mean, ironically, they won the four games and. You know, it was a 2-0 victory over Melbourne City, as I said the other night. They they beat Brisbane 2-0. They played probably one of their best games away just before Christmas in early December, I recall, where they beat Melbourne Victory 3-0. And they beat Sydney FC 2-1 away, which was, you know, no mean feat and a great achievement. And so in those four games, they only conceded one and scored nine. So, again, it's just they've got to put it behind them this season and just rebuild and regroup and hopefully they can get that planning underway but some positive news during the week where Joshua Rawlins a ECU product from the local league and local junior setup well he's been identified and um, he's heading to Europe so he's going to compete with Dutch club FC Utrecht uh, on a long-term contract uh, till mid-2026 in the Eredivisie League, which is the top Dutch league uh, for you that don't know that. And uh, good luck. And he's technically a great talent at right back. So we wish uh, Josh Rawlins all the best for his football journey. It's a sad loss for glory, but one that um, from a player's development point of view, it's all the best for him. So hopefully that's what the glory can do, Some develop some youngsters and they can potentially have a pathway to bigger and better things and retain the talent here and give them the, the best opportunity by playing him in the league and and developing them, and also, um, you know, buying three or four quality players in the spine, uh, striker, midfielder, and a central defender, and let's build around and play the youngsters, and let's build a good team. Okay. Speaking about Daryl Stur- uh, Daniel Sturridge, uh, 
Tony Pinata, the CEO, has come out and says he's unlikely to offer him another contract. It hasn't worked. Clearly it hasn't. I mean, only five appearances in one start. I think this is in hindsight here, but in my opinion, they should never have signed him, no matter who. If you're two years out of the game, you're injury prone. The longer you're out of the game, I don't care what anyone else says, it's very hard to come back. Full fitness, full match play. It takes a, a special player. Age against him. Uh, you know, he had COVID and all the rest of it. Um, I, I say that's a bad decision at the end of the day. I know it's in hindsight, but I, I didn't have that great feeling when, when they first signed him. Maybe from a marketing point of view, but I just know his history and where he ended it up. And he was a great player for Liverpool. Don't get me wrong, but it's the how and now. It's not about former players. Let's... Let's, you know, build on it and will glory ever learn? You know, there's questions there for the fans. Now, who will they sign? Who will stay? Who will go? That's the intriguing part of the next three or four months prior to the new season kicking off. But um, some other good news, I suppose, from a sponsorship point of view, they've signed up with uh, Subway, a major sponsorship partnership agreement for the 2022-23 A-League season. So just in closing for the glory, in the in the 1-1 draw, you cast your mind a few weeks back um, against Western um, Western Sydney um, 35 year old club legend Andy Keogh he bid farewell to the club and he came out and in terms of that decision he said it was a, it was a tough a tough one to make but um, he served the club very well he 156 games in a couple of spells as you recall 59 goals and uh, he's, he's Perth Glory's all time A-League record goal scorer there and appearance holder and um and he's only third behind the deadly duo of Damien Murray and Bobby Tespasovsky when you talk about the old National Soccer League. So well done to Andy Keogh. It'll be interesting to see maybe if he comes into the coaching side of things or, or where his footballing future may lie or he may take some time off. But we're interested to see what happens with Andy Keogh. But all in all, with May, as I said, it's a magnificent month of May. We've got the FA Cup final coming up. We've got uh, Liverpool versus Chelsea next week. We've got the Europa League final and the Champions League final. And we've got some top five European leagues with three of them in the balance. And also, interestingly, the Premier League's absolutely interesting at the moment, isn't it? With Liverpool and Manchester City tied on 83 points with a goal difference, Liverpool 64 to Manchester City 63. So there's only one goal in it. Manchester City now with the upper hand with a game in hand and they'll take on before the weekend's out a, well, a side that's really improved under Eddie Howe and that's the men from Tyneside in Newcastle. All the Geordies will be hoping that they can beat Manchester City, which will be a tough ask at the Eddie Head. Um, the other games, interestingly enough, um, from a relegation point of view, which is absolutely fascinating, we have Leicester City at home against Everton, Arsenal against Leeds United, which will be intriguing, and that's really going to determine, with Burnley going down um, against Aston Villa, um, Everton in that 18th spot, Watford are relegated, along with Norwich, uh, Everton 32 points with a game in hand, Leeds and Burnley on 34. So can Everton get that victory to get them out of the relegation battle? So who will it be? Burnley, Leeds or Everton? I just fancy, I, th I just see that Everton under Frank Lampard will somehow with a couple of home games maybe come out. And I think Leeds United, 
uh, may escape. So I'm, I'm tipping, put my neck out here. I think Burnley will be the third team to be relegated after the championship winning Fulham and Bournemouth will be automatically promoted back to the Premier League and with the championship now in the phases of the playoffs, that'll be interesting to see who comes up there. But what a fascinating end to the Premier League, which everyone could argue, arguably one of the best leagues in the world in terms of its commercial global appeal and the level and anyone can beat anyone on a given day in this league so an intriguing um, battle for Champions League as well with uh, Arsenal currently in fourth spot on 63 Tottenham's draw uh, against Liverpool now they're 62 points and Manchester United where do they go here with one game to play being thrashed by Brighton overnight 4-0 unbelievable at Old Trafford and just Ronaldo shaking his head in disbelief um, in that game. And as I said, West Ham take on Norwich tonight. Um, can they beat them um, to only be three points um, away from a six-spot automatic Europa League place? Um, time will tell as uh, an exciting end to the season and the penultimate game and the last game's on the 22nd of May, which is going to determine... A lot here. And Liverpool, of course, going for an unprecedented quadruple of trophies. Um, they've won the League Cup. They're in the FA Cup final, as I've said. Champions League final could be a, a treble as a minimum. And I'm, I know they want to get their hands on that Premier League, which will be a remarkable four trophies. And will they be the, the greatest of all time? I'd love to hear your views on that, but... There's a lot of arguments that could be the greatest Liverpool side of all time and maybe, in fact, the greatest Premier League side. But when you think of the Arsenal Invincibles in the early 2000s under, had players like Henri, Vieira. It's just remarkable how Liverpool could do it. But it's all in, I think, Man City could just pip them at the post here. But as I said, two or three weeks' time, we can always talk about who will be the champions. And on that, I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. You can contact me via Instagram or Facebook with your views, fate, feedback and comments on today's episode. This has been Joe Carboni for The Love of the Game.